Welcome to GP Bullhound's Tech Thoughts, a weekly overview of economic developments in international markets. Hello and welcome to GP Bullhound's weekly podcast. Today is the 2nd of September and we are here with Inge Haydorn, Nayla Salkovic and a new member of the GP Bullhound public asset management team, Jenny Hardy. This has been a summer full of tech data points and earnings reports to analyze, and the markets have been grappling with lots of issues around inflation, rising rates, and the health of the consumer. More about that from the team. Over to you, Jenny, and have a short presentation. Super. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Jenny. Um, I've been working in finance for much of the last 12 years. Most recently, I've spent the last seven years as an analyst and portfolio manager with a focus on tech. Prior to that, I worked as an analyst at Google, and I started my career in investment banking. I'm absolutely passionate about technology and about investment, and I'm very happy to have joined Inga and Naylor on GP Bullhound's public team. So why don't we start with software? Um, I think it's a space where the share prices have probably been much more volatile than the underlying fundamentals over the summer. And I think if we look broadly across our holdings, it's been an area where we still see robust demand, good top line growth and sticky customer cohorts. And so broadly, software is still behaving as you'd expect it to. I think in terms of macro sensitivity, though, it's certainly true that companies have been talking about lengthening lengthening deal cycles and more scrutiny around IT budgets. And I think it's an area we continue to scrutinize where the macro environment might make it less easy for businesses to sign big software deals. And so for us, I think we keep looking for those businesses that have very embedded best in class products and where some of this software has become almost an industry standard that's so hard to replace. And also in the current inflationary environment, which I think we'll talk a bit more about, where the product is driving efficiency for a business. Um, I think that's where we want to be. And I think lots of the volatility in share prices has been, especially in those businesses that aren't yet profitable, are still very highly rated. And where the competitive environment in some of the newer product areas is just that bit more uncertain. And I think that's where we're a bit more cautious and we remain very selective in the portfolio. Inga, what about semis? We we had an interesting summer, lots of politics, supply chain difficulties still seems to be a factor as well. Yeah, it's it's an ongoing theme, to be frank. And uh, if we look at it top down, the consumer focused products are having an issue with a lot of inventories that has to be digested. So We've been trending above trend, so the sales trend for a while, and now we're trending below due to the fact that we're digesting and, and, and reducing the inventories. And, and that will probably go on for at least one more quarter and probably first quarter of Q1 2023 also. But if we move over to the corporate side, there are... So even pockets of weakness there, but the main part of that business is quite, quite healthy. And uh, we had Broadcom reporting numbers last night. Their order backlog went from 25 billion in the last quarter to 31, and they're growing 50% plus. And it's across the board. Now Broadcom is a little bit unfair picture when it comes to the wireless side as their main client is Apple, which has done well. But 
excluding the consumer part, and we look at the corporate parts, the infrastructure part, very, very strong, which we also saw from Cisco. And we also saw very, very strong and robust demand from cloud. So that's really the area we want to continue to play in. And we expect further volatility on, on the consumer side. And that's driven by the fact that you have inflation, you have high energy prices and less money in the wallets for the consumer. So that's going to be continuously more volatile, although we are, so to say, as I said, below trend for the moment as we're digesting memories and, and, and the commodity uh, chips. For us also, just to mention that, we are very much focused on capital equipment side where we have one maximum two suppliers in every segment their long-term thinking when you invest in in a factory worth 15 billion US dollars over two three years and also you want to stay competitive and thereby it's not an easy decision to cancel or delaying orders and thereby it's more robust we think and if you think history the capital equipment side has been quite cyclical we think it's clearly clearly less cyclical now excluding memory and it's driven by the fact that the companies that are buying the ships are cash rich they're continuing to spend in order to be competitive going forward and you're in a three horse race really with Intel Samsung and TSMC fighting for the new orders coming 2023 and onwards, that creates a really, really healthy environment for SEM capital equipment. So that's really the key area we're in uh, when it comes to CMS and SEM capital equipment. And uh, when it comes to the ad market and uh, the, the risks around that, uh, oh, let, let's start off with uh, some comments regarding Snap from you, Naila. Uh, yes. So just overall, I mean, we've saw a, a really mixed picture in the advertising market over the summer um, in the face of a tougher macro environment, supply chain news and potentially weakening cons- consumer picture. Uh, and we saw players like Alphabet uh, perform re- relatively better than some of the new ad format names like Snap, uh, Roku, Meta. Uh, and I think some of that was the, the more device of our advertiser based at the alphabet and the skew towards performance and very measurable ad spending being more defensive. And also, um, I wonder if some of, of it is about um, alphabet being relatively immune to the IDFA um, ATT measures that were introduced around privacy. Uh, we also saw uh, some of the more traditional advertising agencies uh, hold up relatively better, uh, which I think, again, shows perhaps um, it was some of the newer format and the ad spending that might have been cut and also around the relative robustness uh, at ad spend from the larger companies um, than the smaller, less mature business. But yes, um, the news about Snap uh about 1,200 employees will lose their jobs uh, in the restructuring, which had been expected after a year of poor financial results. Um, the company was worth about $130 billion, uh, a year ago, um, and it's now valued at less than $20 billion. Um, They do it because the cuts could help the company save, I think it was uh, estimated of $500 million um, US dollars in annual costs. 
Uh, so yes, I mean, Snapchat faced consequences of lower revenue growth. Uh, and in other words, what's happening here is that social media companies like Snapchat, Meta, Twitter have all struggled, struggled recently as the majority of uh, their revenues are based on advertising. And I mean, with high inflation and a nervousness around the global economy has left many advertisers to spend less. And that's basically what it is. It, it also feels like the competition has heated up quite a lot with Netflix joining, Disney joining, Amazon, Apple pushing hard. So it also feels like the, the three horse race that was for a while between Facebook, Snap, uh, 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 and Meta for a while has widening. And you even see Walmart doing quite aggressive on, on the ad market now for the moment. So it's, it's all of the above together with he, uh, more competition is, is not a good formula for uh, Snap and Meta and, and, and the guys in, in the short run. And on the gaming side then, Neila, how, how does it look? Yeah, so um, we certainly saw people spend less time at home. I mean, travel was, was definitely back over summer. Airbnb, Booking, Expedia all reported fairly solid uh, demand for the quarter. And both Airbnb and Booking are tracking above 2019 levels. So I think people's willingness to go out and explore definitely fed through uh, the gaming weakness we've seen. Um and I mean, despite the, the COVID hangover, um, gaming has been really, really weak on good uh, new releases as well, which you could really see that the gamers out there were really complaining about as well. Uh, and I mean, of course, summer is a, a bit more quiet period, but there really hasn't been that many good releases throughout the year. Uh, and we could, uh, could really see that when, for example, Elden Ring got released in February, uh, the demand was there. So I would not just blame it all on like post-COVID effects. Um, but now, I mean, now we're starting to see uh, that the lineup is getting more packed with the new releases this fall. Uh, God of War, Ragnarok, Call of Duty, just one of a few examples. All of them are really strong titles. Uh, so I'm hoping to see that it will easy up a bit for gaming during the fall. Looking at... Um... So new stuff we are putting in the portfolio over the summer. One of the key, really highlights of of that has been Infineon and and, and uh, our real thinking around electrical car exposure and so on. And uh, I will leave that over to you, Jenny, to explain a little bit around Infineon and our thinking in that area. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think um, we can all sort of see the the impacts of climate change um, all around us and. I think it's an area where governments and businesses um, will continue to be scrutinized in terms of the measures that they're taking um, to deal with that. And um, over the summer, we saw California announce that they will ban the sale of new gasoline cars by 2035. And so I think... Um, we think as a team um, that the penetration of electric vehicles will uh, increase over time. I think that's great, um, great for the environment, great for society. And so I suppose when we think about that from an invest investment perspective, um, we see this as a big tailwind for the businesses that sell um, components into electric vehicles. And if you look at the semiconductor sort of dollar content 
Um, in a combustion engine vehicle, it's about three, four hundred dollars. If you look at an electric vehicle, um, that goes up to over a thousand dollars. So, um, we really think, um, that, uh, these businesses will very much benefit from, um, the move, uh, to the move to electric. Um, and, Actually, Inga, perhaps that might be um, a good point to, to say what we make uh, of, of Tesla, which I think um, will certainly sell more electric cars over time. But how do we think about that from, from an investment perspective? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a hard play to do, Tesla, because if you think about it, its, it's valuation is quite, quite aggressive. Tesla is probably going to be one of the big winners in the, in the car industry, but the car industry historically has been quite poor in the returns. And on top of that, we are now getting a new so a set of rules in the car industry where it's quite easy to enter. And that's it's going to create a massive amount of new players. And it's going to be, I think, a much, much tougher environment even than it was before with too many vendors and, and too low margins. So, then taking a bet on one of the vendors like Tesla, which is already highly priced in terms of valuation, we find is the wrong way to play it. And that's why, as Jenny said, we'd rather play the component suppliers, which are going to supply to every single of these vendors or most of these vendors. So that's a safer bet. You have a better valuation and, uh, and a clearly a better risk reward. So that's really our thinking around those type of bets. So you have NXP, you have Infineon, and a few others, but well, we have chosen to make the bets in, in NXP and Infineon. Those, are yeah, and 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 I think um, we have the likes of sort of further down the, the value chain or the supply chain, um, the likes of TSMC, ASML, Applied Materials should all benefit from this um, increased uh, semiconductor uh, content over time. And we'll see next week if Apple uh, allude to a, an Apple electric vehicle. Yeah. And it's also going to be quite counter-cyclical. Yes, even if the car industry sales comes down, it's still going to be quite a strong mix shift driven by consumers, but also driven by government subsidies uh, focusing on getting consumers to buy electrical cars. So... Any last points now for this first podcast after the summer? I was I was going to just uh, quickly mention, I think one of the issues that um, we're all dealing with and businesses are all dealing with is um, inflation. Um, and I think it's clearly something that central bankers around the world are, are trying to um, are trying to solve. Um, from a consumer perspective, um, we've seen retailers like Macy's and Nordstrom cut full-year guidance and um, talk about softening demand and shifting spending patterns. Um, but I think uh, I think actually there are lots of areas of tech where we still see very, very good pricing power. And so in this inflationary environment, I think... Um, there are certainly lots of parts of technology um, that still seem to have an ability to increase prices. In some of the digital services names, we can all see our subscription prices for Disney Plus and Netflix going up. 
um, within uh, semiconductors, uh, we're still seeing um, very, very robust pricing. Um, and so I think it's an area that will um, sort of continue to, to, to try and navigate. But I think that will be very much um, a sort of feature as we look into the end of the year. And I mean, lastly, before we close, um, I think the other thing we need to watch for in the face of the market volatility will uh, we'll see more in the way of opportunistic M&A, uh, Amazon's foray into healthcare, PE bid for UK cyber, business dark trace, etc. Perfect. Thank you very much for this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.